there was the health plans. And we were pushing variations and iterations back and forth. And, and I said, well, you know, there's always MaxiCare. And Shelly sent back, a, 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 he wrote on it, crossed it off and said, who cares? And then I said, well, we'll care more. And that's how Care More and, and Shelly did an artistic thing with a capital C and a capital M. And that's how Care More, the name got born. On this episode of Pop Health Week, our guest is industry veteran consultant and innovator extraordinaire John Edelston, president and CEO of Health Pro Associates. We dive into his 36-year-plus career of leading strategic and granular innovation in managed healthcare, recently rebranded as value-based or high-value healthcare. John's been at the table of a transaction or two, perhaps most notably as co-founder of CareMore, a fascinating history we explore in greater detail later in the broadcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media and the producer and co-host of Pop Health Week. Flying solo today, my colleague Fred Goldstein is away. Pop Health Week is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Health Innovation Media brings your brand narrative alive by original or value-added digitally curated content for omni-channel distribution and engagement. Connect with us at www.popupstudio.productions. John is president of Health Pro Associates, a consulting practice with over 35 years of deep and granular experience in healthcare systems, provider-payer relationships associated with joint ventures, specializing in business valuation, including transactional representation of buyer or seller in the sale or purchase of a business. So John, welcome to Pop Health Week. Great. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted you can participate in uh, hopefully the uh, collegial and the longevity of the of our relationship. Though we've not had many many contact points along the way, we've been in this space now for several decades. So first up, for those who do not know John Edelston, who are you? Well, I'm a work in progress. Really enjoy being challenged and learning and uh, moving into new space and seeing how things fit together. It's been a long journey. We, we did go to school together. That ought to be a put out there by the high school. But I was always the kid, maybe now it's ADHD, but I was always the kid looking off in the distance and doing different things, but never really properly paying attention. So I've traveled from that. I went to UCLA, got a master's at UCLA in cell physiology. I thought I would be pre-med and I thought I would be a doctor. At, retrospectively, I'm glad that my path turned out the way it was because being a doctor was challenging and has been challenging over the past uh, uh, couple of decades or so. Who I am is now somebody who tries to work with clients. I, I have been doing consulting for about 36 years. I work with clients. I kind of uh, appraise situations. I problem solve, help them make hopefully very good decisions, form new organizations. I've traveled through a lot of different generations of what I needed to be in order to be effective as a, as a consultant and as an advisor. One of my colleagues describes me as one of the only people he knows that travels from the basement up to the elevator in healthcare. Uh, that's Bill Gill from, I used to be CEO at Facey. That, that's really been it. I've, I've tried to do every job that I've ever hired people then to do. I started off, I worked at the, uh, my, my first real job after school was at the American Heart Association. I, I will say I learned one thing at the American Heart Association that t- they taught me that I've, I've worked with for my 35 uh, plus 40 years of, of working that has been better than an MBA. 
And that was a course that was taught by the Kepner Trago firm out of Princeton, New Jersey on problem solving, decision making, and situation analysis. I still use it in my consulting, whether it's forming a physician organization, I helped to sell Santa Paula Hospital, I did sell Santa Paula Hospital to Ventura County, but working with a board, which was a very diverse board, coming to a consensus on what to do, going through that decision making process. So from the Heart Association into the, uh, the Hospital Council of Southern California, uh, which was a huge transformation. I don't know why they hired me. Uh, seriously, I had no hospital experience. Um, I think they hired me because I worked with committees and the hospital council had committees. But working with a hospital association, I uh, really got the introduction to managed care in the early 1980s and then left them and um, just started progressing through looking at meeting needs. I am actually somewhat of an introvert. I'm, I'm, I don't like really getting out there and um, putting myself out, but I enjoy the networking and I enjoy the, the personal interaction. And that's also difficult for me to say because what about uh, 17, 18 years ago, I entered into politics. Uh, I ran for office in my city council as a way of giving something back which I also think is very important. I served on the city council and as mayor for 12 years in Inagora Hills. But um, I think it's an important part of also what framed me. I um, worked with healthcare executives. I was on the board of healthcare executives. I'm gonna say probably from about 1988, 87 till 2003, I was president of healthcare executives, I think in 2000 and continued on for a couple of years afterward but really trying to encourage people to participate. It's truly a formative process where you're working with a team of people, you're working to try to do some things that benefit the industry and everybody as, as professionals and, uh, and you learn a lot. And I've, one thing I, I really appreciate is, is the ability, ability and opportunity uh, to learn. So that, that's, who, that's who I am. I've, I've been doing Health Pro Associates since 1986. I actually started consulting a little bit in 84 and 85, even while I was at the hospital council. And then I got fired. There was a new executive vice president decided he wanted to reshape it the way he wanted it. So he said, gee, John, I don't think we can work together. Um, and that was the birth of uh, Health Pro Associates. So door closes, window opens, and, um, and here we are. So I want to get back to that in a moment. I mean, Health Pro has a sort of a very interesting trajectory in history and we'll we'll get a little into that. So let me recap. So so cell physiology to voluntary health agency, the American Heart Association to the hospital council, and we're talking now circa really the the mid eighties. And for those who may not uh, recall this, the HMO Act was passed in seventy three, and it sort of baked along there with not a whole lot of fanfare until about the mid eighties when managed healthcare and specifically. HMOs became innovation, the innovation of that time. We had the PPO movement that was birthing. We had the HMO movement that was moving from staff or group model HMOs into the more mainstream independent or individual practice associations that would then contract with health plans. This was all baking back then. So so in the context of that, and please add to any uh anything that would add to the, the, the ambience of the moment, you were baking Health Pro. So what was Health Pro about, given these sort of macro dynamics that were going on, at least in Southern California? Yeah, and, and actually beyond Southern California. So 
the, the way that it, it, it all came about is I left the hospital council because, and, and one of my mentors who really did a lot of initial shaping of me was Steve Gamble. Steve Gamble was the president of the hospital association. He was one of the smartest men I've ever met. Uh, and he allowed me the opportunity to succeed and to fail and, and to work with him in learning the business. What I found is that I could not engage the hospital association at that time to understand that the physicians and the medical staff and the physicians in the community were just as important, if not more important than the hospital, that it was a very symbiotic relationship. Hospitals don't exist in California, at least. They don't exist without the physicians. Um, there's the corporate practice of medicine. So it's a, in California, there, there's a separation of church and state, if you will. We've learned how to bridge that in California with a friendly PC, but back then, that was a very contentious area because I couldn't get people within the hospital association, the leadership to move into that direction. I decided I would leave and start to start the physician integration process with hospitals myself. So I started Health Pro Associates. I actually started, it started as the health resource group. That person at the hospital association that replaced or was coming in to replace Steve felt that my name was too close to their name. So I had to find a new name. But Health Pro Associates, I, I started off consulting, uh, helping hospitals put together IPAs. I've probably put together anywhere in the neighborhood of three or 400 IPAs over my career. Full service IPAs, specialty IPAs, advanced behavioral network, pediatric, cardiology, ophthalmology, oncology, all the way up and down one side and the other. Frequently, it was where the hospital paid me to do it. But very commonly, there is a group of doctors that did it. And uh, I, I tended to take the simple approach rather than uh, there was, I've forgotten his name, but one person was charging $40,000 back in the mid 80s to form an IPA. I was doing it for maybe a third of that cost. I, I did a lot of work back then with uh, Noah Rosenberg. We were kind of the Mutt and Jeff. We actually, some of the clients referred to us as the Smith brothers, you know, the two bearded guys on the, the box of the cough drops. Did that for quite a while. And I got some very interesting projects. I, I constantly tell people that I happen to, I, I think I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. I uh, was at the right place at the right time with, you know, just frequently. So when I was planning to leave the hospital council, Elliot Sainer hired me to write a marketing plan for managed care for the Western United States for a charter hospital. From there, St. Vincent hired me when Jerry Kay left to take his cardiovascular surgery program to Good Sam. I was hired by St. Vincent's to keep the cardiovascular surgeries at St. Vincent's, which because of my experience, I was extremely luckily successful at. We kept 1,100. This is going to be funny in today's terms, in terms of numbers, but 1,100 out of 1,200 open heart surgeries. How many facilities other than Kaiser do 11 or 1,200 open heart surgeries a year? But the second project I got asked to do at uh, St. Vincent was to do a, an analysis of their IPA because it wasn't performing. I did that. I presented it to St. Vincent's and they said, okay, so now, John, you're tapped to fix it. <laughs> and that's how I got in really into the IPA side. It was just an opportunity. They liked me. They felt I was, you know, that, that I was an honest and straightforward person. And uh, so I did. And, and then they, they, I started working on that and they said, we want you to manage it, not just consult with it. So I formed a company called, um, at the time, uh, before the AIDS epidemic, I formed a company called ABS, AIDS Health Management for Alternative Delivery Systems. I did both companies, but I hired a general manager for, for that. And 
worked it for six or seven years from about 87, 88 to 94. But what I found was I was the worst high, uh, person to hire that you could possibly find because I hired people. I, they just could not manage that business. And I, I had about eight or nine IPAs. We had about 30, 35,000 enrollees. But it, it just seemed that it could never, we, we just could never make it go and, and do the quality of work for the clients that I wanted to do. So I ended up selling it. And back in 94, uh, Aetna was in, in line, the third in line of a health plan who thought they knew how to do this as well as anybody else. So they bought my company. They had bought a company called Gateway. They formed Aetna Professional Management Corporation. They bought my company. Uh, they brought me on um, on a consulting basis to help them with uh, additional acquisitions. So I worked with them on coming really close to acquiring Hill Physicians. That fell through, but um, doing other things. And then they decided to get out of that business. But all the way along, I continued to do consulting. So it, it just a wide variety of consulting. And around that time also, there was more acquisitions going on. And we started doing uh, um, acquisitions for groups. Did worked a lot with healthcare partners, worked a lot on the other side of healthcare partners, Memorial Medical Group, merger into healthcare partners. There's a, another group in the South Bay that merged into healthcare partners. So got to know, you know, got to know those players, but really the, the, the consulting has, has morphed as we've gone along with uh, back in the day with uh, IPAs, it was getting contracts, getting enrollment almost at any cost. It was the bigger the enrollment, the better the better it was. And then it was all the spinoffs. Um, I don't know if you remember Huntington Provider Services and Huntington Provider Group, Reggie Friesen and Fred McKay. Absolutely. Uh, okay, but you know, there's a reason they no longer live in the country. You know, they got into some things that uh, got them into big trouble. You know, risk retention groups offshore and, and other things. But these were things that looked like opportunities where you could make money, not just being a, serving the patient. And rather than just focusing in on, on the care of the patient and, and delivering the service to the patient, it's how do you how do you use it as a tool or a platform to do other things and, and make money. All of this led through, and I actually bought, uh, was the transactional consultant for what was called uh, the Physicians of the Greater San Gabriel Valley, which we bought San Gabriel Valley portion of Southern California IPA. Another one of that went down in San Diego. But we bought that and I worked with Bart Wald on, on that and, and that developed into a very successful organization. But then I'm going to take a little bit of a step back. In my IPA management, I blended the two is um, we were managing a group at a hospital that no longer exists, uh, Rio Hondo Hospital in um, Pico Rivera, competed with Downey Community. So you had the MD hospital, you had the DO hospital, if you will. And trying to remember Ed Scott and um, Patrick Petrie were a succession in the CEOs there. An entrepreneur whose name is Shelley Zimberg uh, came to the IPA, then uh, L. Raymond, who was the president, said, I want to form this heart institute and start doing open heart surgeries at La Mirada Hospital. I was managing community IPA and there was a lot of different entrepreneurial activities going on. And uh, now I don't know how many people know La Mirada Hospital, but no, I'm not exactly the uh, St. Vincent's or good Sam of open heart surgery. And I strongly, I'm, I tend to be a direct person, and I, I strongly recommended and contradicted the president of the IPA against the physicians in the IPA investing. And so Dr. Raymond thought it would be just a whole lot of fun if he invited me to dinner with Shelley Zimberg 
where he could sit back and watch us duke it out. And what actually happened is we hit it off incredibly well. Um, we spent the whole dinner. Matter of fact, we closed the place and we could close the place because Dr. Zimbrano, I don't know if he owned it at the time, but he had owned uh, the restaurant we were in called the Del Rey. And um, we started having meetings uh, about um, what we, he may be able to do with um, community IPA. He had a medical group called Medi Internal Medicine Specialist Medical Group. Um, they were endocrinology, cardiology, gastroenterology, which is what he was, uh, and oncology. And um, we started, we were talking about it. And I said, look, Shelly, um, the driving force here is primary care. So if there is anything to be done, there's going to have to be, we're going to have to figure a way where you're all internists. You all could be primary care. But once you start becoming uh, primary care and specialty or even just specialty in, in HMO site, you're going to lose probably a third of your referrals because there's a lot of physicians back in the early 90s. You were either an HMO doctor or you were not an HMO doctor. Well, he took a leap of faith on all of our discussions. He and um, Mickey Goldsmith, who was an oncologist, we had meetings and, and we set up this model to consolidate and merge community IPA and internal medicine specialist medical group. We did an offering memorandum. We, we went through the, you know, everything that you do to merge two organizations, but two very disparate organizations. You had these 10 physician specialty group, and you had about a 25, 30 primary care physician owned IPA and putting them together. So we started that process. And one of the steps along the way was a gentleman who I met that was very influential in both myself and ended up with Caremore with, um, from Sac Sierra Medical Clinic or Sac Sierra Medical Group. Again, they were, they, I don't think they exist anymore, but they were big in uh, the late 80s, early 90s as being one, free foundation, one of the big uh, organizations. And we had a meeting at the Marriott Hotel at LAX. And if you're just tuning into Pop Health Week, our guest is industry veteran consultant and innovator extraordinaire, John Edelston, president and CEO of Health Pro Associates. And it included a couple of people from Downey. It included about five or six of the doctors from internal medicine specialist medical group and from community IPA. And this gentleman was the facilitator and I was sitting next to Shelly and we were going through this and we were, Shelly and I, passing notes about the comments that were being he, that we were being given about what was being successful in their organization and what wasn't. And that created the formation of doing a really a clinic without wells. Caremore was a partnership of corporations so that none of the individual physicians within the uh, IPA would feel put upon by the specialists who were all part of a group. Each of the doctors could do their special deductions that they took, that they wanted to take, you know, whether they had their wife working in the practice or uh, somebody else working in the practice, or they wanted to have a Mercedes Benz car, or they wanted to have this or that. All of those things were managed in their own individual practice. But one of the interesting things was we started, Shelly asked me is, what are we going to call this? And so we started pushing, you know, a piece of paper back and forth between us. And, you know, there was all, you know, all sorts of organizations. There's Bristol Park because of where they were. There was Huntington Medical Group. There was Bob Margolis's company, which was, I'm going to blank on the name here, but Primary Physicians something, maybe Primary Physicians Medical Group. But um, there was the health plans of, um, you know, take care. And we were pushing, you know, variations and iterations back and forth. And. And I said, well, you know, there's always MaxiCare, 
And Chile sent back, a, 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 he wrote on it, crossed it off and said, who cares? And then I said, well, we'll care more. And that's how care more. And, and Shelley art, did an artistic thing with a capital C and a capital M. And that's how care more got born. And then it progressed, did more with, you know, forming it, uh, got it formed. We got uh, 33 total uh, original partners. Uh, and the interesting thing here is these were people who all worked together. I worked with Memorial Medical Group. Memorial Medical Group was considered it to be a premier medical group, all MDs. And I will tell you, their ability to work together was very moderate. Great group of guys, Glenn Libby. I mean, I, I did a lot with them and I, I loved them all, but they all thought that their specialty and they, they contributed greater to their group than, than anyone else in the group. Then you have Caremore on the other hand, DOs, most all DOs, but the most cohesive group of doctors I've ever worked with. Um, they all trusted each other. They all viewed Shelley as uh, Shelley Zimberg as a um, kind of a benevolent dictator, and they were all okay with that. He took them down the road, and and we did a lot with uh, with Downey, and we did uh, uh, we had the, the 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 our fortune was the misfortune of another group was uh, uh, American Health. I don't know if you remember American Health and uh, Jose Spivak and uh, uh, Rami Furman, but. Um, yeah, and they fell out of favor, and they lost the uh, Outlook contract to uh, uh, to Caremore, and Caremore started to really build it up, and um, uh, and then it created a certain amount of back friction with Downey because Downey wanted to be in control, and do the doctors and Caremore said, and Shelley said, no, the doctors are going to be in control, and the board uh, voted to uh, to try to take it over, and they lost that board vote, so they ended up selling to Caremore. 50% of the interest for about $10 million. That was in 2000, 1999-ish time. And then in 2006, Caremore sold for $280 million to JP Morgan and Crystal Cove, Cove Partners. So it, you can you, you can kind of get a, that, that's the sense of, of where the trajectory, I'll say, has taken me. Now, I've worked with a lot of other organizations and a lot of groups, but what I learned from my earlier days and all the way through and uh, forming Caremore and forming physician associates. Um, and uh, I wrote the white paper on friendly PCs for tenants. So I worked, worked with Mitch Seven. So, and, and the work with, um, with Noah and all that, they really are the ones who recreated me and kept reinventing me. Uh, and I just became a vessel of everything that I learned and everybody that, uh, uh, that I was able to absorb with their knowledge and experience and expertise was all the way along. I feel really incredibly fortunate I have to tell you one other story. So I worked with a, a guy who um, had a behavioral health company and he's, he was an EAP, employee assistance plan. And he wanted it to become something much more. So he had hired me as a consultant and, and we did a limited Knox scheme for behavioral health. And then I ended up selling it to, uh, to Anthony. And just to clarify, that's the HMO law governing really California entities, right? Correct. So the, the, the limited Knox scheme back then wasn't that you were you 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 were a full service IPA or group and, and you could just stay and take full risk? It was that you did dental capitation or you did in this case behavioral health capitation. So we ended up selling that to uh, Anthem and that became WellPoint Behavioral Health. And then around two thousand and three, two thousand and four, Nick Kernich, who was the the owner and that I had helped uh, with sell it. He brought me into a whole different situation. But to show you how industries are so similar here, 
he was on the board of a private prison. You think private prison, what does that have to do with healthcare? But you know, it's a business where it's heads on beds. You have services which are basically dietary. You've got serving food and you've got the, you know, you've got to do laundry and those kinds of, uh, of services, which hospitals do. And then you also provide a certain amount of ancillary services, outpatient site counseling. You know, you, you know, hospitals may do PT and OT and RT. And with the, this organization did it, it did uh, outpatient behavioral health counseling to these inmates that, uh, that had uh, work furlough kinds of programs. And um, he brought me in to help them in terms of their organizational structure. We, we did a structure like an MSO. We did not like, we did an MSO. And then we sold it to uh, not Hospital Corporation of America, but um, it was the equivalent um, Correctional Corporation of America. Uh, so it was, you know, it's so many similarities. It, it was just amazing. So it was, you really, you, you can take and transpose what you learn in, in at least in healthcare and, and, and take it into other industries. That's kind of who I am. And, and uh, what I do today okay. is a range of things. I do expert witness. I probably 20% of my practice uh, is as, a, as an expert witness on a, on a wide variety of healthcare related topics. I'm selling a infertility clinic right now, should close this week, a multi-site urgent care clinic. I'm helping them to do evaluation and, and helping them to sell and doing a three-room uh, orthopedics uh, ambulatory surgery center up north. And all of these people, by the way, uh, most of them, I've, they've been clients or off and on for 15, 20 years. Uh, matter of fact, I sold an ophthalmology group, was my third or fourth client ever uh, back in the 80s and just sold it uh, not that long ago. So, John, this is fascinating stuff. And I, I just want for the, uh, the audience's perspective to appreciate is, um, A, your longevity, B, your sort of strategic status here as someone who kind of thinks and visions this stuff and then gets real granular with hands-on sort of transactional kind of stuff. So what you've just heard is the genesis of CareMore which is which is a behemoth and i've often referred to care more as the tail that wags the dog you know the because one of my so what i'm what i want to do is i i wanted to ask you why is was southern california such a hotbed for this kind of innovation you know we talk innovation these days mostly in terms of digital health technologies uh, interaction with the healthcare system whether it's delivery or finance but what's really going on is back, we were talking about HMOs were innovation in the 80s. So having heard the lineage of your experience with that, moving these pieces around on a chessboard and basically seeing back then what we're talking about today is changing the payment model, aligning the incentives, you know, uh, it's trying to manage the premium such that it's consistent with triple aim and not just layering on top of a of an ever increasing uh, premium base, whether it's government or commercial sector. So, what what did you garner from that experience back then that you can f- pull forward into these issues, which in sure. at some level remain the same? Healthcare is yeah. expensive; it's beyond the reach yeah. of too many people. So, in 2021, we're still grappling with the yeah. fundamental drivers of 
health equity, disparities, cost, cost sharing, this and that. So you 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 were cool to the idea of discussing population health and ACOs. You wanted to put more of a spotlight on on medical homes, but then you 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 go into patient engagement seems to be the driver that could potentially cure this. Why do you say that? And that is the last word on today's broadcast. I want to thank John Edelston, President and CEO of Health Pro Associates, for his time and insights today. And finally, our closing appeal at Pop Health Week. Please, everyone, we can get through this pandemic only together. And ooh, we're so close. So do mask up when in public, practice social distancing, and pay attention to personal hygiene. We can slow the spread of this deadly virus. Bye now.